0: Hi, I'm Mike Maloney, and welcome to another CSRM podcast. Today's episode is hosted by Dr. Greg Linville.
1: Welcome back to another CSRM podcast, and I'm joined with a long-time friend, Tim Tucker. Tim, welcome to this podcast. Thanks, Greg. Good to be here. Good to be with you today. Yeah, and, and it's uh, it's amazing. Here we are. We You started in the UK. I started in the US. Uh, you, you've moved to South Africa, and it, it, there, there's been a lot that's gone on. I just have to say that one of the, the phenomenal times that we connected is when you, your your wife, and a couple of kids, mm-hmm. of which the family has now grown beyond that in more ways than one. But uh, you just reminded me of something that I'd forgotten about. And that uh, your son, Caleb, he's going to hate to hear this right now, who is now uh, approaching his 20s, mm-hmm. was playing Legos. In, in my basement uh at, yeah. at, kind of in our uh rec room or whatever and, and and you guys spent some time with us and he he rode the horse we had there and we we had some wonderful times together yeah uh, yeah it's almost
2: i mean that's 16 odd years ago now greg oh and mind. it was a, it was a great time i just remember we were driving and uh, we, we were touring in the states and doing sports ministry and uh, visiting churches and friends and and, uh, we're, you know, my son, I he was two turning three, I think, and uh, um, uh, we'd been spending so long in cars that all he wanted to do was arrive at someone's house and he kept asking us, we'd never been to your house, he kept asking us, Will there be a basement there? Will there be Lego? Will there be toys? So the first thing we had to do when we arrived at your house was raid your basement and just see if there were some toys to to appease this this youngster who had been uh, suffering in the back of the car for so many hours.
1: Well, it was a wonderful time and we we formed a wonderful friendship. Mm. It it got started actually uh, because uh, of your father. And, yeah. and I know that he had been involved in sports ministry. Just give us a brief update of, of that and, and the, the sports ministry heritage that you have there. Sure, I mean, my dad uh,
2: in, the, in the 90s, uh, early 90s, uh, felt this tug in his heart and call to sports ministry. He'd been a teacher, passionate about sports, you know, his, his whole life, uh, became a Christian at university, uh, married my mom, had us, was a teacher, high school teacher, um, but in the early 90s, got involved with Christians in sports in the UK and running outreach events. I remember working with him on some 5 side tournaments in my teens uh, and eventually felt the call to go into sport, full-time sports ministry in 94, I think it was 94, 95, left teaching and uh, joined Ambassadors in Sports, which was then uh, a, a group of missionaries working out of Bol- Bolton in England. And uh, within five or six years, he he took the the lead of of that work there uh, in, in the UK. And um, yeah, and it was a privilege for me. By the time I actually spent about twelve years with, with ambassadors in sports, by that time I was in Cape Town, South Africa. Um, so I've been able to work with my dad, Ray Tucker, um, over those years, and then about six seven years ago, he retired. Um, but he's still active in missions. He goes on a mission trip to Moldova uh, once a year. Uh, has been supporting others in sports ministry in different countries um, as well. So yeah, that's part of part of a great heritage. And uh, I remember some some fun times in in various places in Zimbabwe and other places, sharing a, a football football field with my dad, who was I guess approaching sixty, and myself uh, <laughs> sharing, sharing a field
1: and still. And still having enjoying being actively involved in in, in sports together. Well, it just it's hard for some of us to believe those times have have come and gone, and uh, now ambassadors in, in football. If if those of you that yeah. don't know the lineage that ambassadors in sport has now moved their name to the ambassadors in football, but it's still a great group of people, and of course the Christians in sport has been, mm-hmm. in some ways, the, the, the great grandpappies, we might say, of, of a lot of things that have gone on in England. And I think that's where we did first cross paths because of some of the things that CSRM and, and uh, CIS had gotten involved in. And, mm-hmm. uh, and Ray, I know you probably will watch us at some point and just know uh, how fond my heart is towards you and and. and, and uh, Tim, your your dad was one of the one of the best that I've ever come across, and mm. his spirit, his heart, his, his his modeling of the faith in every a- area of life. Yeah, thanks, Greg. Just personal t- integrity and family and and everything. Um, mm. He he was a real model for for us, and mm. so we just give God praise and thanks for all those people that have helped us get going. But you mm. then moved, as you said, to to South Africa, and you, you were with Ambassadors, but you have kind of transitioned to something else. Uh, tell us a little bit about that.
2: Yeah, so my uh, I was with Ambassadors 2001 to 2013, um, started here in Cape Town, South Africa, I spent time, then moved up to Pretoria and oversaw the work of Ambassadors into a number of, uh, uh, of countries, um, into, into Africa. Specifically, my portfolio was Uh, uh, new developments across Africa and then as as happens a season came to an end and I had a transition um, and I now work for a ministry called the Message Trust Um, again having strong connections to the UK an organization that's grown out of of uh, Manchester and England but with a with a real passion to reach youth at risk the hardest to reach young people we're gospel centric Um, a bold proclamation of the gospel alongside long-term church-based discipleship, seeking to create an environment where young people can find uh, Christ, uh, communicate to them in language they can understand, but then be connected to churches where they can be effectively discipled long-term. So the last eight years, we've been developing that here in Cape Town, South Africa, in working in prisons, tough communities, infested with gang, gang activity, poverty, uh, crime uh, and again seeking to develop uh, and work alongside churches to help them engage with youth at risk um, in effective ways um, and, and the joy for us is really when we see young people that everyone else has written off uh, come to Christ uh, become uh, engaged in an environment where they can be discipled, and then they themselves become transformational leaders. And, and within the message, we call that urban heroes—that someone becomes a young person that everyone else has written off—becomes an urban hero, a transformational leader, able to use their gifts and passions in service of Christ, um, and then themselves becoming uh, productive and influential members of of their own community.
1: So that's a little bit about what we do as the message. Yeah. Give us a little bit of scope of, of the ministry, staffing wise, or how many project programs. Yes, yeah. how would you describe it? So in,
2: in in South Africa, in Cape Town, we're we're primarily focused on the city of Cape Town. Um, I've got we've got about twenty five staff uh, here in Cape Town, um, and we have three primary. We call them streams, project areas. Um, The first we call our is our um, prisons and enterprise program, which is working with youth offenders, uh, primarily in their pre-release and then their first two or three years outside of prison really seeking to reintegrate them, rehabilitate them and provide them with their first job opportunity. So we actually uh, disciple ex-offenders into work and into an opportunity. We've got a a micro business, coffee shops that we run uh, across Cape Town that's employing guys who were previously incarcerated uh, and women, men and women. Um, The the second um, stream is our creative mission stream. And this is, um, we're seeking to really present the gospel to young people in accessible means to them. Uh, we use a lot of the creative arts within that. Um, my wife herself is a singer. She's one of our um, artists. And we have others who are, they get involved in schools. Um, they're in the prisons. And, again, making sure that everything we do has clear gospel proclamation alongside uh, the, the, the social action, <laughs> uh, so to speak. Um, and then the third arm, and this is ties in, I think, uh, with with the, the sports component, the third we call our community transformation arm. Um, and, and through this, we partner with local churches and develop long-term community-based interventions that are seeking to provide an alternative for young people who are being pulled into gang life or life of crime and so on. So we're uh, so we're involved in in these community hubs that use both sports and arts recreation as a medium to uh, interact with young people and then develop them uh, through the local church long term um, to, to to really uh, you know uh, have a have a you know an intervention that that is more preventative. Um, so we're working on both sides. I'll say we have the side where we're rehabilitative of guys who've been through prison and so on. But we've also got the preventative arm working with young people. And often it's actually the leaders of our community based works are those that have come through our system. So they've got the, the tattoos, they've got the the scars, they've got the, but they're now giving back into the community in order to teach and develop young people.
1: They, yeah. they picked up the DNA, if you will, of, of who you are and how you go about it. And um, exactly. I, I think one of the things that uh, you and your father and I connected on early on was that, that my background was also very urban. I was a street kid growing up, yeah. and uh, it was tough. I was the minority in, in, uh, in my community, and uh, there's a lot that goes along with that. But it, there's a sense in which God uses all these things in our lives and, and so I was also very involved in a ministry very similar to yours with the YMCA for many, many mm-hmm. years, decades. And, and so I, this is one of the reasons why I resonate with what you're doing and, and so, so excited about what you're doing. But with your experience there, you use some of that to, to speak to a local church whose trying to reach that youth that you're talking about what are what are the top two three seven whatever bits of wisdom for how they could go about doing that? yeah i think i mean one of the critical uh
2: i guess the paradigm that we would operate in is what we'd call the i guess a, a proximity principle that. Our effectiveness is directly related to the proximity that we have to young people to the community um, as a church you know our, our engagement needs to be close <laughs> and where we 're rubbing shoulders literally with those we 're seeking to influence and, and I think for me that's been critical over the years that i've been involved in it. In ministry here on African soil, um, the effectiveness is 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 related to proximity and longevity. Um, well, we and those well, two, two things, Johan. Yes, in kind of, exactly. Um, and I think uh, you know that that can obviously have many forms. But one of the things we've we've learned, I mean, the message in the UK, and we've we've done that here as well, is 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 actually this relocation model or this, you know, this, this living in model that, that actually, you know, uh, a friend of mine said, you know, one of the things we really need to be praying about is our address, you know, and I think, and, and uh, sometimes I think it's, it's, a, um, it's, it's, a, it's a tough one, it's a tough call upon us, uh, but we need to be asking, are we, are we living in such a way that is, exposing people to the gospel uh consistently through our fellowship through our proximity through our hospitality through all of those things so i think i think that is for us the gateway uh to effective mission um and uh when we've you know one of the things i found obviously as someone who came into a context you know I don't call myself a missionary anymore because I've lived in South Africa so long, but I kind of came in on that ticket. Um, but again, my my whole approach is to say, how do I mobilize um, the church uh, and, and equip the church to most effectively engage unbelievers or um, rebellious youth, at-risk youth, uh, within within their community, what are the tools? What are the resources? What are the relationships that I can connect a church with? So, you know, I'm a great believer that uh, the church is the hope of the world. It is, you know, the the church uh, is the context within which Christ chooses uh, to bring transformation within a life and within a neighborhood and within a community. Uh, Someone like myself working in impoverished communities, part of what I'm seeking to do is build bridges, build bridges of resources, build bridges of relationships that can then effectively empower the church that is in proximity uh, within the community. Part of that is, you know, a theological language. You use the word incarnational, is is churches in our context, particularly in, in urban contexts, um that are, that might be struggling can soon fall into a survival mentality or or you know they're they're just trying to make it through, and they 've lost that missional edge so part of what we're seeking to do is help them discover that missional edge which is which is i feel about you know moving away from one person centric leader uh to again this um multiplicity body ministry uh equipping of the saints you know who the resources the the assets if you like that are already within the context of a congregation what gifts talents resources uh, do they have that can help them become that outward uh life center um uh, you know e- embracing of community um that that I think is a picture of the kingdom of god that we want to see break out in neighborhoods across this city. So, yeah, there's a whole lot of it there, Greg. Maybe you <laughs> want to unpack some no, of that.
1: It's powerful. <laughs> it's very powerful, and and you're speaking our language. And those of you that are watching this, you'll see things coming up on the screen that'll help you uh, rivet on some of these things. But but Tim, I will talk about it in a look in another podcast coming up here about some of the things that you're writing, some of the, the resources that, that you're producing. And I think you're aware of the fact that CSRM having its own publishing house, that you've already talked about two or three of the books that we have out there. The first one is Ecclesiology. What's our theology of the church? And you started already, with are talking about that. But also, what's the purpose of the church? And that is missiology. Let's yeah. go out and let's, let's go make disciples, uh, baptized and teaching them. Um, and so you've already hit on a couple of, of hot topics for us, and this is why we love you and, and why we want to link uh, arms with you because we do think these things are important. Uh, maybe, maybe I thought what you said just there was just absolutely spot on, and and if, if if we can get all of our individual congregations just to get on about being on mission, and 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 that. We're not just trying to make it through to the next sermon, but we're trying to get to the next person, and incarnationally being Christocentric in all that we're doing. In that, I just think that's powerful. Powerful. Can you give us an example uh, of of a church that's done that, or a particular person that has has been reached in this way? Give Give us a testimony of what's going yeah. on. Yeah.
2: Yeah, I mean, I, I, I'll I'll tell you about a um, guy called Nkululi, um MK, um, and I think this comes through. You know, his his story kind of em, embodies everything uh, that we're seeking to accomplish. There's three words that are kind of, you know, with, within everything we do is the message. There's three words that describe uh, this process. Um, uh, the first word is identify uh, that we want to identify. Sometimes those who have a heart to, to respond to Christ, you know, and provide them with a, uh, and see, the, see them come to life in, uh, through Jesus, you know, and those we want to identify people, particularly where others maybe don't see uh, that potential. And the second thing is we want to then provide a platform for them to flourish. Through discipleship, through uh, uh, um, equipping and resources and so on. Then, thirdly, we want to see them on mission. Uh, So to help bring us back to MK's story, MK actually was identified while still in prison, became became a believer, started a discipleship journey uh, while in prison. Uh, But he was passionate about about football, and that's uh, soccer. That's why uh, we formed a relationship with him. This passion for soccer. Once he came out of prison. Uh, connected to a local church uh, in Nianga, Nianga was the community where he grew up in. as a Baptist church, um, and uh, he, he started working with a guy called Pastor Quinelli uh, in this community. And Quinelli himself, when we talk about proximity principle, Quinelli is living on the grounds of the church in this community that has a reputation of being the murder capital of Cape Town, a violent, gang infested community. The church is right there, New Crossroads Baptist Church, At the heart of this community, Uh, MK came in, was discipled within this church, but felt that his calling and passion was to start a sports program uh, within the local community. And he, off his own volition, started coaching young people uh, and on a daily basis, uh, working with young people. And we were just at one stage, we were just supporting him, giving him some soccer balls. He was working. He managed to get a job. Was working a job. And then in the in the evenings, working with these kids. And as we saw this begin to flourish, we sat down with the church and said, "Could we develop a combined initiative to help provide more structure?" Um, and so we developed what we called the Message Hub. And literally, we put a couple of classrooms now on this church site, um, and it's an after-school club for kids to come. And this has been going now three, four, five years. And, and football is the thing that's attracted them initially. That They get great coaching, but then in the classrooms every day, they're able to do their homework. And then beyond that, they do other activities. Um, and now, and Palluli has been facilitating this over a number of years and has, has actually transitioned the leadership of the, this work to a young man who who came through the program himself, Kanti. And the beautiful thing about Kanti is Kanti not like other young people in the neighborhood who just can't, you know, either you get caught up in the gangs or you try and escape and get to the suburbs. That's the aspirations of most young people. Whereas Ganti is now, he's doing his degree in uh, Megatronics um, and he is staying. He said, I'm staying in this neighborhood. And my passion is that young people in this neighborhood all need to be able to pass physics and maths at school. (laughs) Um, But his motivation for that is his love for Jesus Christ. Because he's felt called to live in proximity within this community. So again, you see this, you have this this identify, platform, and mission lived out. Uh, My job is to support that because these guys are just flourishing and able to do way more, uh, be way more
1: effective than I could possibly be within that context. And I'm sure you're doing well with that. But for those of you that have tuned into this, this is why you want to get in touch with Tim. And get in touch with how you could be involved or even support this this ongoing ministry. Uh, Tim, we're going to wrap this segment up right now uh, but that is a powerful testimony and what you've been doing and, and what you've been networking partnering and, and envisioning and doing uh, we just we just wanted to say thank you on behalf of all those who are being reached. We're going to come back with Tim. And for those of you that are watching or listening to this, it may come out a week from now, uh, so you you have to wait. But Tim and I are going to get right back into it here in a couple of minutes. But we're going to hear a little bit more about the personal side of his life and what's happening. We're going to hear a little bit more about the resources that they produce. And we're going to try to help you who are doing that gospel-centric evangelistic disciple-making work in your local congregation to try to help empower you to do that better so you too can have this kind of story. Tim, thanks for joining us. here. Thanks, Greg.
0: The CSRM Podcast is a production of the Association of Church Sports and Recreation Ministers and their video production house, Overwhelming Victory Flicks. Dr. Greg Lindell is the executive producer and Andrew Fouts is associate producer and editor. For more information about CSRM visit CSRM.org. For more information about Overwhelming Victory, visit overwhelmingvictory.org. The CSRM podcast is the flagship member of a new podcast network called Overwhelming Victory Radio. For more information on Overwhelming Victory Radio or to listen to our partner podcasts, visit overwhelmingvictory.org backslash OV radio. For CSRM podcasts, I'm Mike Maloney. Have a blessed day.